Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to our Marriage Helper Live program. We broadcast live every Monday at 1230 Central on Facebook, but you might be listening to this as a podcast, which is always recorded and you can hear later via Google Play or iTunes, whichever camp you fall in as to whether you're Apple or Droid. We're not going to have that fight on the show because Joe and I are on separate camps. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we are on separate teams, iPhone all the way. But hey, we're glad that y'all are here with us today. We already have some callers lined up. Be sure if you want to ask a question and you want to get into that queue that you press the number one. And then that way our call screener will be able to talk to you, get a snippet of what your question is about, and you'll be placed in the queue to hopefully get through to talk with Joe or myself today. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Q. Back problems of a weekend, but I seem to be okay now. Good, good. Yes. Muscle relaxers are amazing things. They are amazing <laughs> things. Hopefully, you didn't combine them with alcohol. So no, they would I, I don't drink. More effective. That's so, true. Our Go telephone ahead. number is 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Love to have you call. And as Kimberly just said, you can call that number and just listen. Or when you hear them answer, just press that number one to put you into the queue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Would you like to go ahead and go to our first question today? I mean, we can, but you didn't ask me what I did this weekend. Well, I'm so very sorry. What did you do this weekend, Kim? Well, now that you ask, thank you very much. Yesterday was my husband's birthday. Mm-hmm. Age redacted. I cannot share it because he will kill me. He thinks he's old. He's yes. not. He looks old. Yes, he looks like he's 100. <laughs> that is That is a joke. It is a joke. Both Kimberly and her husband are very young people. I want to tell them so bad. Anyway, so um, we went and saw Toy Story 4 last night, which if you haven't seen it, we highly recommend. I thought it was very good. Excellent. Yes. Now can we go to a call? We can. I mean, I I could also tell people how much food my husband ate yesterday. It was literally probably 5,000 calories, but he said it was his birthday. So he had, you know. It was his birthday. He could eat what he wanted to eat. Treat yourself. All right. We can go to the first call. Here we go. We're going to go to Tara in Ohio. Hi, Tara. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. So happy to speak to you both. Hi, Tara. Glad to have you on. How can we help you today? Hi. I first have to say, I you're already my best friend in my own head because I listen to your videos even while I sleep. You have okay, helped now which me one of so us are you talking already. about here? We need to, we need to know, is this Kimberly or me? Which one? <laughs> no, I have to say both Dr. Beam and Kimberly, both the same. I am also in the group for July for Pies, and that's oh, yes. the too, so thank you. Thank you so much. Um, that's a fun group, isn't it? My I love question, it. Yes so supportive. I don't know how I would have gotten through as far as I did, truly. Um, My issue is um, my husband and I have been married for 14 years. And about um, five years ago, we talked about moving out of the state of Ohio and moving south. And I knew that Mm -hmm. when we got married, that would happen. However, I am a caregiver to my mother and my intellectually disabled sister. So Mm -hmm. when we started talking about the move, 
it really started to affect our relationship. Um, I was really torn um, between my two lives. Mm-hmm. And um, last year, we did move to Florida. And mm-hmm. within three months, my family situation hit rock bottom. Um, mm-hmm. My sister became um, temporarily paralyzed. I had to come home. Mm-hmm. I came home in November back to Ohio. I've been here ever since. And when we left, when I left, I asked my husband to like not, I knew our marriage was in a bad place, but let's not make any decisions until I would come back. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know I would be gone this long. It's been nine months. And mm-hmm. I'm looking to get my family in homes where they can be safe and I can go back and live my life again. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my husband um, about three months ago said, I think it's just the limbo was too hard for him to handle and me gone. And he started looking um, to see other women. Hmm. And it so really hurt he, because I felt like, I'm sorry. So is he involved with a particular woman or with women now? He He said he doesn't want to give me details. So he just says women. Um, I have not seen him face-to-face in nine months, and Mm -hmm. next week I'm going back, and he thinks it's best that I pack up my belongings and put it into a storage unit there um, until we figure out the future. He has totally, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be married anymore. He said we don't have to divorce, but he doesn't want to be married. He wants to live separate lives. And it's really easy for me to use, to, to not do those push, um, the push things on the phone and, and while texting to him, I, because sometimes I just get so angry that he mm-hmm. left me when in, a, in right. a very difficult part of my life when I have been here with him mm-hmm. through so much of his difficulties. And now okay. I'm going to see him face to face, and I'm just so worried that my anger is going to take over and I'm going to say something that I regret because I do want to save the marriage. Okay. So how will you prevent yourself from allowing the anger to take over? What's your plan? Right. I I mean, I'm, I see a therapist and it's just my emotions get the best of me and I can't mm-hmm. help but feel that helplessness and sadness because I feel like I don't, I didn't have a choice to come home and help my family. And mm-hmm. leave him there. I didn't have a choice. My sister's no, life depended understand. on it. I certainly understand. I mean, as your family, they needed you. You wanted to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And we understand that. Now, from his perspective, mm-hmm. do you think that he felt abandoned? Absolutely. And I know that um, he started seeking a job transfer like five years ago. And and that's when all of this anxiety came out through me, that anxiety of mm-hmm. leaving them behind. Okay. And, and we certainly um, understand I, that. We definitely understand that. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say, though, is that you're angry because you feel that he has abandoned you, and yet you understand that he also feels that you abandoned him. Now, I understand why you yeah. did. I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything negative about that at all. But if that's mm-hmm. what he felt and this is what you feel, then I would suggest that when you talk to them, you try to remind yourself what's going on here inside of his head. If, if he has sought solace someplace else, if whether that's women, whatever it might be, would that go away? 
if somehow you could get your family taken care of, you said you're looking to do that. You're trying to find a place for them mm-hmm. to be. If that happened and you went back, do you think that he would be uh, susceptible, not, that's the wrong word, amenable to your putting the marriage back together if indeed you could get these other responsibilities taken care of some other way? you think that's a possibility yeah. or not? Yes, I truly do believe that. And I have mm-hmm. said that to him, that I plan mm-hmm. on coming back. Um, that right. is our home. He moved us there. And he said, that's fine. I will always have a pl- place there, but mm-hmm. we will be living in separate rooms and separate lives. And I am okay with that, to, re- to start rebuilding again. Okay. Um, so how I'm close are you so... to, to possibly getting your family taken care of? Is that something that's going to be happening soon, or is it still somewhere yes. in the unknown future? Yes, it is happening soon. We just got um, a confirmation letter on Friday um, okay. that my sister was uh, that she has funding now, and so things okay. are going to start mm-hmm. rolling really quickly. And um, yes, I know. I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, okay. It's just I'm so nervous about not seeing him for so long and. I just don't want my anger coming out. Well, the only person that can control that is you. Mm. Now, if you you can decide, and I realize emotions sometimes are difficult to handle, Mm -hmm. but it really is up to you Mm -hmm. as to whether you control or not. Now, I'm going to summarize what I heard you say. What I heard you say is this. Mm -hmm. He felt abandoned. You feel abandoned. Now, whether he should have felt abandoned or not is not the question right now. We're talking about what he felt, not whether he should have or not. All right. If that's the case, and he said, we don't need to divorce. First of all, my recommendation, now you do what you think is best, but my recommendation would be that you do not pack up your stuff. You do not move it out into a storage place because if Mm -hmm. they are still there and you're still part of that home, there's certain legalities. I'm not an attorney, but certain legalities that are in your favor. And it also makes it easier for you to go back and move back in that house. What I heard you say is that you already have a plan. As soon as these other things can be taken care of, you are moving back in that house that you are okay that you live in different rooms to begin with because of the fact that you know then you have access to each other and the possibility of putting this back together. You have implied that you also can deal with the fact that there have been women involved. Now, well, you didn't say that, but mm-hmm. you implied that. So since all of that is true, then I guess I'm trying to understand is your only question then how do I make sure I don't let my emotions get out of control? Is that basically the question yes. you're asking? Okay. Yes, Let's that really is because – Kimberly's a psychologist. Let's ask her. Oh, heavens. (laughs) He always puts me on the spot like that. You know, Tara, from just what the fact that you're even asking the question to yourself now and preparing for it mentally, you're leaps and bounds ahead of where most people are when they're in this kind of situation. I mean, most of the time, people just wait till the moment happens and then they don't know how to control themselves. And so. Uh, you're again, you're, you're asking the right questions. You're doing the right things. Just keep in mind that, um, you know, when you see him, when you're, if there are any difficult conversations that take place, you can always remove yourself. You can always take a time out. If you feel um, those, those feelings rising up in you, where you might say something that you're about to say that you're going to regret, you can always just say, you know, let's, let's table this for now. Let's come back to it later. Let me go get a breath of fresh air. And putting those things in your head as ways that you can exit the conversation when it's getting difficult before it even happens is the best strategy that you can even use. And even just going into it 
as Joe was saying, reminding yourself of this is a hurt person. Um, and, and instead of going into it, thinking of all the wrong that he's done in the ways he's hurt you, which you absolutely have the right to feel, mm-hmm. uh, just remembering I'm hurt and he's hurt. Let me try and align myself with him as opposed to seeing myself as opposite of him in this, in this situation. It sounds to me like you're strong enough that you can do this. Mm-hmm. I understand your apprehension, but I do believe that you can pull this off. Mm-hmm. I really believe that you can. Okay. We're going to have to go on here now to uh, Joy, who is in Michigan. And okay, Joy, can you hear us? Yep, I can hear you. How may we help you, Joy? Well, my husband and I are coming to the workshop this weekend. And um, awesome. I guess my question is, I feel like he's just coming to appease me, to that he's filed for divorce, and he's just coming to say, well, I did everything. I'm a good guy because he told me that he can't get over his feelings for the fair partner, and, like, I don't want to give up on him. He doesn't want to give up on her. And have you dealt mm-hmm. with that before at the workshop? And I guess that's my question. Okay. And what was specifically the question? She I said, have we that? dealt with this before? She oh, kind of broke up, but she said, have we dealt with this before? And the answer is absolutely. That's actually probably the majority of the types of situations that we see at the workshop. So you're not alone. This is not abnormal, and this is not uncommon. Right. And if you're wondering, okay, is it worthwhile for us to come to the workshop with a situation like this? Of course, we always suggest that you uh, say to your husband, I'm asking you not just to go, but to participate. Mm -hmm. We will treat him with absolute respect. I will actually be at the workshop this weekend and uh, we will treat him with absolute, absolute respect. When people come in in the situation your husband is in, when, when they leave, they often are saying this. As a matter of fact, almost always, thank you that you guys treated me the way you did. You mm-hmm. didn't, you didn't yell at me. You didn't try to make me feel guilty. You didn't try to manipulate me. Mm-hmm. You just taught us a lot of really good information, mm-hmm. which is what we will do with him. And does that make it worthwhile? Absolutely. Understand that the things we cover in the workshop leads to a lot of things happening in relationships. Can I guarantee you that it will end his relationship with the affair partner and put your marriage back together? No, I can't guarantee that. But I'm saying, as Kimberly just said, this is probably the most common scenario that people come for. Mm -hmm. And over the years, and we've been doing this 20 years now, which is a pretty long time, we have seen it work again and again and again. What we ask you to do when you come with him is don't put any pressure on him. When you get there, you know, just uh, expect him to do what we ask to do. For example, sometimes you guys will write in your notebooks. That's not for us to see. That's for your own selves. And even then, that he doesn't look in yours and you don't look in his. The things we ask people to do are easy to do is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Just say, just please participate. And then don't sit there worrying what's happening, what's he thinking, what's he feeling. Right. It'll freak you out all weekend. Just accept it. Sit there, listen, pay attention, participate, let it do for you what it needs to do for you mm-hmm. and let it do for him what it needs to do for him. And and we've had a lot of people come through in your very same situation and it has worked extremely well. Just don't be pushy about it. He's coming. Great. And, and I look forward to meeting you. Be sure that when you get there, walk up to me and say, I'm the, the lady that talked to you. I say, it's Joy. I'm Joy that talked to you on uh, Monday. So I'll know who you are. Okay, great. Like Thanks for the Kimberly? information. I appreciate it. Awesome. We look Thank forward you, to Joe. Seeing you Joy. Okay. Uh, let's see here. And then we have... As a reminder mm-hmm. for the people calling in, if they have a question and want to be put into the calling queue, be sure to press the number one. And if you're listening on Facebook and saying, what's the number? 
The number is 657-383-0812. Again, that is 657-383-0812. Be sure to press the number one if you have a question. Okay. Now, Kimberly, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this name. Kashal. 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 Hi, Kashal. yes, I'm here. Hey, thank yes, you very much for picking up. Pronounce your question. name for us. Please pronounce your uh, name for us. Okay, good. How may we help you, my friend? Hey, so I am in Minnesota. I am a physician here. I came here a year ago to train while my wife is in New York. She's a physician as well. Earlier in January, a few days after anniversary, she said she wanted to separate because we were having fights and I was being, uh, I was stressed and I was, I was not being a good guy, basically, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. I have, uh, since then, over the past six months, we've been separated. I have worked on myself. I have a uh, you know, I have used all your strategies that I found online and uh, a lot a lot more, and she notices the change. She has seen that uh, I'm a different person. And uh, earlier this month in January, she invited me to come to New York and spend time with her for two weeks. I did that. We had a good time. She admitted that it was nice to have you here. I'm glad that you're here. But at the end of it, she still feels she wants out. She doesn't want to be married to me or married at all. And she feels mm-hmm. she cannot forgive me, and she has love, but it's not the same feeling. And she has a, you know, the emotion connection is emotional connection is lacking, and she does not feel at home or comfort with me. Uh, I am supposed to move back to New York to start my work there, and I am going to live a, a mile away from her. So I thought it'll be better to be closer, but I do not know how I can proceed because uh, I still I really want to work on this marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long have you been married? Three and a half years now. Okay. So you moved out when it was at three, about the three-year mark? No, I, 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 I moved out in July to do my residency here in Minnesota, to do my medical mm-hmm. fellowship. And then things were mm-hmm. fine from July to December. We, we fought, but there was no separation or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But in early January, she said she doesn't want to be married to me. So it's been a Did she give you a specific now. reason? Does she give you a specific yes. reason that she doesn't want to be with you? Yes. Uh, uh, I was impatient. I was angry. Uh, uh, she thinks I was controlling. Probably at some extent I, I was. Uh, I was controlling. And she just felt that I have, I have, I, I don't feel happy. And it's been uh, three years and I thought, you know, I would be happy, but I wasn't. And I was just trying to please you and I don't want that any, anymore. Um, okay. And are you all talking now? Yeah, so we talk on and off. I've, you know, uh, we talk a little bit. Uh, she, she, she told me the other day that she feels like an obligation to talk to me, and it's not, it's not like a desire. So I'm trying to avoid calling her as much. Uh, you know, uh, um, like I'll call her for like a few minutes, like a couple of minutes, and just say something interesting, and then I'll say, okay, I'll let you be now. I just thought of telling you this. And when you do that, does she react positively? Yes, yes. Most of my phone calls are answered quite warmly. It's like, hi. If 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 I tell her I love you, you know, she she always say I love you too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Understand that when we start looking at marriages, we try to figure out a couple of things. One is, is there anything that you would have done, for example, or have been doing that would push her away from you? 
And you just said that some of those things existed, uh, impatience, controlling, those kinds of things. And so the first thing we say is, if you know there are certain behaviors that you did that caused the other person to want to move away from you, then you adjust those behaviors, mm-hmm. even, even if the person's right. not there with you. And so I'm assuming, based mm-hmm. on what you're saying, you've been working on not being controlling, not being impatient with her, those kinds of things, correct? She acknowledges that you have changed so much. Good. Mm-hmm. That good. was good. And then the second thing we look for is, is there something out there? Um, and that could be a person. It can be a lifestyle. It can be even a dream or a fantasy they're chasing. Is there something that would be pulling her away from you? Because to get that, whatever that is, she feels like she probably can't get that if she's married to you. Do you know of any such thing as that? I get the most vague answer that all of us have. Um, I want to be happy. And I don't see a future with you, and I don't see myself being happy with you. Okay. And so she's saying, I'm unhappy with you. Being alone will make me happy? Or is there something? Yeah, she's like, I feel neutral alone at least. You know, I don't have to pretend I can be myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, I I can be myself, and I don't need to pretend to be happy or pretend to be something I'm not. And uh, and she says that uh, I just want to be happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely don't want people pretending because that always works against them. Mm-hmm. Here, there's, here's the positive part of what I'm hearing here. If mm-hmm. there is no particular thing pulling her away, like another person or a different lifestyle or whatever, then basically what we're dealing with is a push. So if there's not something out there, then basically it has to do with yeah. you pushing her away by your behavior. That actually makes it more likely that you guys can fix this mm-hmm. because if you have a combination of a push and a pull, it's, I'm not saying that can't be done. We see it done all the time. But it's more difficult to repair that than if there's just a push. And so here's what we suggest. Now, obviously, it's your decision. You do what you think is best. But when you get there, uh, continue to have contact as long as that contact does not evoke negatives from her. If she's being positive, then, then continue to contact in the ways that are positive. If, there, if you do or say anything that she reacts negatively to, don't do that again. And then kind of start from scratch. You can rebuild this. Mm -hmm. It's a possibility to rebuild it. If you act like, okay, rather than thinking in terms of we're married, this is what I should should expect. You start with the idea of, okay, we are not up together right now. So let me do this as if we were just beginning to date. Mm -hmm. Do it with that mindset, that methodology, and, and let her learn the new you the you that is not controlling, the you that is not uh, impatient. And it takes a while for people to trust that. And so consistency yeah. is going to be the key. Mm-hmm. If she's going to trust that that's true, then it's going to be how consistently you act. And then gradually with time doing that, there's a great possibility this can be put back together. Mm-hmm. She, she, you know, there are other cooks in the, in the soup, you know, she has friends, she has her own therapist and, you know, she trusts their opinion, obviously, because they've been with her through this time. And mm. every single time she goes to one of her individual therapy sessions, you know, it seems like we've taken three steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Is there, uh, is there any, anything can, that can be done? Obviously, I cannot contact the therapist. I can tell her. I can't ask her to stop the therapist. But how do I approach that? <sighs> you, yeah, you can't. That's a magic question. You can't tell people not to see the therapist. Unfortunately. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the majority of therapists that we hear stories about 
do more damage than good when it comes to relationships. We we know that there are really good therapists out there, and we cherish them. We think they're absolutely amazing and awesome. But unfortunately, too many therapists are trained in the sense of what can I do that makes you happy in the moment. Yeah. And, and when they think like that, it it's tough. It so is. That is an obstacle, but you still do the same thing. Yes, that's what I was going to say, Kashal. It's you you outshine what the therapist is telling her. So you work on your pies. You said that you're familiar with our work and, and uh, yeah. you've been listening to our stuff. So work on your pies. Be sure you're practicing smart contact. It's great that you're moving back to be close to her. That, that gives that proximity. But again, you yeah. continue to be consistent in the changes that you're making. Um, and that's going to that's gonna be the best thing. But before you go, I have to ask where your accent is from. Oh, I'm from India. Which part of India? Uh, uh, actually, in Mumbai. My, my kids are from Mumbai. That's where they were oh, born, really? both of them. Yes, both of them. I have a four-and-a-half-year-old oh. daughter and a two-and-a-half-year-old son, and both of them were born in Mumbai. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, so they're Indian. I did not have them in Mumbai. <laughs> they yeah, are Indian. Yeah. Yes. So she has a special place in her heart for you already, my friend, just because yes. you're from there. Do you speak Marathi? <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. I yep. speak uh, four Indian languages plus English. Yeah. That's awesome. I think this is an intelligent man we're talking about. Yes, to. it is. And so, my friend, when you, get, when, when you get there, practice these things. And if anything works, this will. Okay? Thank you so much, guys. I, I appreciate this so much. You have no idea. It's, uh, okay. it's this has been devastating. Thank you very much for your time. Thank, Thank you, you. Kasha. You know, we talked to so many people who are so brilliant. This guy's obviously a brilliant man. How many languages does he say? Four Indian languages, Four Indian plus languages. English. Plus so English. that was, and, no telling what else. And he's been through med school and residency. Because there's over 200 Indian languages. Wow, that's a very very bright man there. Yep. Okay, we're going to move over to Ohio now, and we're going to speak with Ebony. Hello, Ebony. Hi. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Yes. It's wonderful to talk to you both. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. How can we help you? So um, my issue is my husband and I have been separated for what will now be um, a year into August. Um, mm-hmm. He went back and forth, vacillated on wanting to work things out, but I guess decided not to um, because he has um, went in and filed for a divorce. Um, throughout the process, um, we were really uh, um, involved in our church and our faith. He has left the church, um, left um, a lot of our relationships and friendships with friends from our church. Um, he's become very mm-hmm. distant. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I listen to all of the podcasts and, and read about smart contact and what I can do. But we don't have children. We don't have a business. We really don't have anything that... Um, encourages much communication So we don't talk much at all mm-hmm. um, So I feel like I'm just stuck here in limbo um, Of course I don't want the divorce um, He's pushing it right. He doesn't want to communicate I've um, asked if he wants to attend the workshop He says no He wants to move forward um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I just I just don't know what to do At this point because we don't have contact And I don't really know what to say At this point to him Mm-hmm. How long have you been married? Uh, seven years. So do you have other, so do you have bank accounts together, mortgages, any kind of that uh, financial 
you know, finances that are intertwined? Um, uh, bank account, um, we have a mutual bank account, but it's only for the purpose of paying bills, but nothing mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And do you know? Um, I do believe. Go on. Um, no, go ahead. Okay, let me ask you a question. Is there something pulling him away from you, a person, a lifestyle, or is there something he's going after? I, I honestly don't. Um, I, I'm not sure. Um, throughout the marriage, I do believe there's been some um, infidelities. I don't know, though, physical. Um, um, I've, I've just seen um, different inappropriate conversations he's had with women over the years. Um, just from my kind of snooping around, looking at things, looking at phone records or social media. Okay. Um, so you think that he, that there have been those things, but you don't have any pure evidence or you don't know for sure. Is that correct? I, I've seen um, the, the inappropriate messages, but I don't know if it's gone past that. Okay. I ask that for a particular reason, Kimberly. Let's mm-hmm. go back to the smart contact. Kimberly actually is the, the expert when it comes to smart contact. But let me just say this before he goes further with that. The idea of smart contact is this. Basically, when a couple is in a situation such as you're in, whether they're actually physically separated or emotionally separated living in the same house, we, we're trying to give people an understanding of what you need to do is to, is to stop anything that pushes your spouse further away. Mm-hmm. And so some people do that by begging, pleading, and whining, and that pushes the spouse further away. Others uh, do it by saying, I'm going to call you every day to let you know I love you, and the other person resents it, like, leave me alone, back off. And so the idea of smart contact, what it's all about is is reducing, hopefully eliminating, any action on your part that pushes him further away. Now, as to creating smart contact, that's a more difficult thing to do. And so understand that smart contact basically is about what you don't do, not necessarily what you do, but what you don't do. But now to the other part of it, what you do and how do you create contact of any kind with a person who doesn't want to be in contact with you? It's much more difficult for sure. And when you have less items that make sense for you to reach out and have a conversation with your spouse about, then it, it just, it does. I mean, it just makes it more difficult. The most, the reason I asked about the finances, things like that, he, um, those could be opportunities, especially during tax season or things like that. Then those are times when you have an opportunity that makes sense to reach out and start a conversation that's not related to anything about your marriage, but it's related to that. And it's during those conversations that are about the quote unquote business items, um, the things that kind of are linking you together, whether your spouse likes it or not that then you can let the work that you've been doing and making the changes, like Joe said, shine. You can make the, you know, that's when you show off your pies, your, all of your different things like that. You said that he's wanting a divorce. I don't know if you've started the process yet, but it, even in the process of a divorce proceedings, then sometimes there's that opportunity when different conversations happen, things like that, that you're able to talk. And what you want to show, again, as Joe said, what you want to show during the conversations is, I'm strong, I'm gentle, I'm calm, I'm not pushing you, but I'm, you know, I'm being my best self during this whole process. And that is, if anything works to attract your spouse back, what will work to help attract your spouse back. But my encouragement to you would not be to be so caught up in the smart contact of it right now, as opposed to really focusing all of your efforts onto 
how can I be working on me mm-hmm. right now? Because that's what's going to get you through this, no matter what happens, working right. on that physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual attraction to be the best that you can in all of those areas is a win-win for you, no matter what happens right now, even though it's hard. Mm-hmm. And so your direct question of how do I apply smart contact, mm-hmm. smart contact basically says, don't do anything or stop doing things Mm -hmm. that push the other person away, whatever those things may be. Now, that means if he opens up a communication, if he asks you about things, you can talk all you wish. Mm -hmm. So smart contact is more of of a tool, if you will, to keep you from doing something that pushes the other person away. That's basically what it's designed to do. And as Kimberly just said, then you work on the pies, the physical, Mm -hmm. intellectual, emotional, spiritual, you work on those. And you say, well, if I have no contact, how can he see that? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully, if you have anything in common, like friends in common, for example, even if, if the, you and he are not seeing those friends together at the same time, people around you will notice as you become the best you, you can be, they'll notice the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual changes. Mm-hmm. And what we hope happens, can't guarantee it, but hope happens is that then that word starts to get back to him. Like, wow, Ebony's more amazing than she used to be. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what you hope the pies do. But smart contact is not something you actually make happen. It's something you do to keep from pushing the other person away. Mm-hmm. Is this helping okay, any at I all have, or are I we have, confusing it? It is. No, it definitely is because um, in the beginning I did, I felt like I did a lot of things wrong with the begging, the pleading, um, shoving religion in his face, telling Mm -hmm. him how um, what he's doing is not right. And now he's pressing, he has started to file for divorce and he's putting pressure on me to sign papers, sign papers. And I just been Mm -hmm. avoiding that. um, Mm -hmm. But I I figure I need to say something. Um, I did approached the topic of attending the workshop. He said no, and I thought maybe my next step should be, hey, you want me to sign the papers? How about you attend the workshop? But I just didn't know how to go about saying that or if that was even right or if that was another push. It may be because of push, but sometimes you get to the point where you say, okay, what have I got to lose? Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it may be interpreted as a push. It may not be interpreted as a push. But at some point, it's like it makes no difference if it's a push or not because things aren't going to get better by themselves, and this is not going to make things even worse. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of couples that come to the workshop where they, they gently, calmly, with strength said, you know, I'm, I'll give you this if you'll do that for me. And do it for me because I realize that uh, we may not put the marriage back together, but I need that kind of closure and that kind of understanding. So if you'll attend the workshop and participate, and they don't ask you to do anything that's weird or strange, if you attend the workshop and participate, then I can give you something in return, and this is what I'll give you. Do it from strength. Don't do it from fear. And if he reacts negatively to it, say, fine, you can make your own decision there. Uh, I'm not trying to do anything to damage I'm trying to say, this is something I'm asking for me. Will you do this for me? Okay. Okay. Thank you. That's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank oh, you I, I accidentally cut her off. I'm so sorry. I'm too fast on the finger here on this mouse. I'm telling you the truth here. Okay. Too much caffeine today. And we're mostly we've been talking to people in the northern part of America today. So let's go to somebody from Michigan. Hi, Maria. How are you today? I'm good. And yourself? As my, my standard phrase is rocking and bobbing. So how may we help you today? Good for you. What's the best way to let go of a, a marriage? Can you I've been be divorced a, now for a little, a little over a year. 
How do you mm-hmm. let go? Okay. Do you want to? No. <laughs> okay. Is is uh, your husband married to anybody else yet? No, he lives with her. Okay. Letting go is actually a decision when you say, I am no longer going to try to do anything that I do in hopes of putting this back together. Now, that, that sounds rather philosophical, but that's what letting go means. It means I am no longer going to actively try to do anything that will put this back together. And when you do that, when you make that decision mentally, it will eventually take effect emotionally because you'll start moving on. Because then the next decision you make is not only will I not do anything else to try to put this back together, I am now going to do things to help me become whatever I want to be, to help me move forward with my life. And so those two decisions, now I realize the emotions don't immediately and automatically follow, but they will follow with time. I'm no longer going to try to put this back together. I'm not doing anything else. And I am going to make decisions and do actions to move my life forward without him. That's how you let go. Now, if you're not ready to do that, then don't. Are you ready to do? No, I'm not really ready to let go, but. I understand they live together and still work together every day. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough situation. But believe it or not, we've seen people in those situations like that actually work things out and put it back together. Now, I obviously cannot guarantee or promise that can happen for you. But if if you follow the principles that we're talking about, then that at least has some possibility. Do you have children together, for example? Yes, two of them. Okay. And And how old are they, if I may ask? Uh, 22, who doesn't live at home, and a 16-year-old. Okay. And uh, does your husband have interactions with them? Yes. And are they wanting you guys to put the marriage back together or not, the kids? Um, They've never mentioned it. Okay. What do you think they want? I think my son that no longer lives at home, that lives 23 hours away from us, Want it, but mm-hmm. my daughter just didn't like the situation that took took forward. Okay. She was, well, I'm sorry I interrupted you. the The thing here then is this: whenever you're ready to move on with your life, you can by doing the two things I just suggested. If not, uh, if you're not ready to do that, then we have all kinds of free articles and podcasts and all kinds of things that I would suggest that you go through that will begin to help you understand the things that could happen to put potentially the relationship back together. But understand there is no magic formula. There's no magic word. There's no magic pill. There's a process, but it's a pretty intense process and it requires a lot of commitment on your part. And if you commit to go through that process, then there is a possibility you can put the marriage back together. Or if you're saying, nope, I don't have the strength, the energy, physically, mentally, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, I just don't have it. Then if you have that, you can, you can let go based on what I just said. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'm so sorry for your pain. Uh, okay, Kimberly. You, you, men- you mentioned our articles, podcasts, videos, and things that we have. If you are new to what Marriage Helper offers, maybe this is your first time listening in or however you might have found this, then we do have a wealth of other resources that you can go through on our website. You can go visit us at marriagehelper.com or you can also go to our YouTube channel, 
which is youtube.com slash helper. And be sure to subscribe because we release new videos every single week. We release a video on Tuesday, a video on Thursday, and you'll be the first to get notifications when those happen. So we have some exciting ones coming up about different things, um, some about sexual rejections effect on a marriage that you're doing. And As a matter of fact, I'm recording those uh, this week. I'm recording two. Finally, yes. One. <laughs> I just got dissed right here in front of everybody. <laughs> One is on um, if you're the spouse rejecting the other sexually, it's mm -hmm. for you. And the other is if you're the spouse being rejected sexually for you. Mm -hmm. I give three suggestions in each case. And the second suggestion in each one of them is actually going to be extremely powerful. People understand it and actually put them into play. Yes. And the video that we did last week that released on Thursday was actually you speaking with one of our client relations reps. And the two of you were going through how uh, the workshop helps with parenting mm -hmm. and with co-parenting. Mm -hmm. So it, a lot of people, they call and they say, well, you know, we've had some callers today where their spouse wants out, whatever. Sometimes people say, um, well, if I can get my spouse to come to the workshop, will it, it at least help us with our relationship, even if we divorce? And the answer is absolutely. The tactics and relationship tools that you learn can not only help you have a wonderful co-parenting relationship, but can even help you become a better parent to your children. And so you go through how that happens, what they can mm -hmm. learn in that aspect. So go be sure and check that one out. You can find it if you go to our YouTube channel. Yeah, Erin Hood, one of our mm -hmm. um, client representatives did that with me. Mm -hmm. and, and because almost all of our callers are from the North, let's go to Indiana and help Mark if we possibly can. Hi, Mark, how are you today? Hi, good afternoon. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you guys. Mm-hmm. We, uh, my wife and I are in the middle of a divorce, and um, we have delayed things. I was fortunate enough to find uh, you guys, and uh, so we are trying to go through uh, your online course at this point. And um, mm -hmm. so I guess without getting into too much detail and, and um extending my call time, um, my wife, I, I think it is best for her and I to try to work things out without the influence of our families. Um, mm. I intentionally separated my uh, myself, I guess, from her family about three or four years ago because it's just very toxic. Um, she basically, you know, with birthday parties and things like that, um, and summer activities, um, because of our divorce situation, my family invites me, and I guess it's up to me as to whether or not she gets invited. Uh, and I have, uh, I guess, made the decision to exclude her because of, um, I, I just don't think it's a good situation. I'm afraid that either she will spout off or someone in my family will spout off, and I just don't think it's a good idea. And she is very resentful about that. So I don't know, um, you know, I feel like I know what the correct approach is, and I feel like that's what I'm doing. Uh, but do you have any insights as to how I can um, address this situation so that she is not fired up about it? Um, she just refuses to see, <laughs> you know, kind of what I am afraid of, I guess. Hmm. Would you like to speak to that, or would you like me to speak to that, Kimberly? Well, I think I'm a little confused. I think I need maybe a little bit more clarity or understanding. So you don't want her to be around your family because you're scared of what the family might say to her or 
or she might say to them and it might cause fights additional stress that yeah that additional stress. yeah i mean we, we fight constantly anyway and mm-hmm. um you know she reads into things that are said a lot and Mm-hmm. turns them into things that I think are more extreme than they really are intended to be. So, so do you think um, that she point, might be, do you think she might be upset because you're making the decision for her and she doesn't get to make that decision for herself? Yes, I do. And I also think that, you know, like I've had, um, I asked my, my brother specifically, you know, like um, what is your thought about her coming over to the birthday party that, you know, for your son or whatever. And he said, well, why don't you have her call me and I'll tell her myself. And, you know, I think I I don't want it to get to that. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to create wedges, but there are definitely some strong feelings between the families. And, um, and, you know, I mean, I, I go ahead. Okay. What I'm hearing, what I'm hearing you say is that based on the question that Kimberly just asked and the answer that you gave, she resents the fact that she feels that decisions are being made about her and for her that she would like to make for herself. That's what you said a minute ago. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Then let me give you another suggestion then. You know, people don't like to feel excluded, and I can certainly understand. If you think there's going to be some kind of a fight, difficulty, hurt feelings, you said she's kind of sensitive anyway. I understand your logic. I understand your reasoning. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you turned it over to her and said, you know, here's the situation, here's the party, it may be uncomfortable, but I'm happy to take you if you'd like to go. And that puts the ball in her court. Now, if she decides not to go, there's a different reaction Mm -hmm. because now she's making her own decision. If she does go, then here's my strong recommendation. Obviously, you do what you think is right. But my strong recommendation is this, that you tell your family in advance, please don't make this uncomfortable. Let's just enjoy the birthday party. Let's just have fun. And I'm asking that whatever interaction you have in my life, that you don't do that. And if if somebody does say something to her, Mm -hmm. defend her. That's key. Yep. Okay. I I have not probably as eloquently as I should, but I have said, why don't you just go ahead and go, and we'll see what happens. You know, because I've, I've, I haven't told her what has been said. You know, I'm trying to protect everybody from each other, I guess, to some extent. feel like I'm caught in the middle. Um, well, know, I would recommend that if you're going to say that, you phrase it differently. Yeah. If you say, why don't you go and see what happens, that kind of sounds bad. Like she's going to have to fight for no, her. She wants to know that you're going to defend her and protect her. I mean, she might not cognitively know that because she might not understand what's going on but that's what I would want I want to know that my husband if if my husband had to choose between his family or me he should choose me every time understood so my recommendation is rather than saying well let's just go and see what happens it would be let's go I'm going to tell my family in advance that you know it needs to be peace and I'm asking you let's just go be peaceful and I assure you that if somebody says something to you that's untoward uh, and not not the way it should be I'm going to defend you as my wife but Mark you also said you started the divorce process and y'all paused it I think he has another question that we haven't even gotten to oh I'm sorry because <laughs> he was started talking about the I divorce do. and then he said they wanted to work it out without the extended family involved which sounds smart based on what you've told us about the interactions between the two but what's the what's the other question that we can help you with um so basically um we started the, I got her to agree to do the online course. Um, 
you know, she said the other, uh, the, the workshop, which is the, the overall goal for me um, mm-hmm. and my initial goal, um, you know, she said it's too expensive. We don't have time, which I think mm-hmm. is silly, honestly. I, I don't want those to be the reasons um, mm-hmm. to, you know, not fix things. Um, mm-hmm. But she also, um, so we, we started the course and we were doing it together. And then uh, it became apparent to me that it was basically her just going through the motions. And so I told her, hey, you know, you, you don't seem to be doing it. And it's not necessarily for couples anyway. It, it is a, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's for individuals, it's for right? Individual. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm trying That's to good. affect things myself. So mm-hmm. um, I said, I'm going to proceed and try to do it. And mm-hmm. my concern, though, is that I, I guess my, my assumption is that the, the workshop is very similar to the coursework. And I, I, Actually, I love the coursework, by the way. I, I think it's brilliant because uh, I like to think of myself as an intelligent person. But, you know, you kind of get stuck in the trenches and you don't see what you're mm-hmm. doing that, that's hurting things. So, right. Right. But my, the workshop my is not is, the same the workshop is not the same as the online course. They actually are different. The online mm-hmm. course, as you know, is aimed at one person, the individual, and the workshop is aimed at a couple. And so while some of the same things are discussed, many, many more things are talked about and, and handled in the workshop than in the online course. They really are very different from each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. And My it would concern be- is that if, if she's not proceeding with the online uh, course and holding herself accountable, you know, I'm worried that the workshop isn't going to benefit us anyway. That can, you know, I understand your, your concern and your fear, mm-hmm. but we've had, we've been doing it for 20 years, the workshop, and um, nearly everybody who comes actually does participate. Mm-hmm. Because they we, want to. Yeah, we, we make it comfortable. We make it relaxed. We, we, sometimes it's funny, uh, but it's always mm-hmm. very warm, always very friendly, always very respectful. And, and that does entice people to actually participate because of the way we do it. Now, can I guarantee that she will participate? Obviously, I cannot. But I'm saying that it's such right. a different thing that I don't I, yeah. want to understand your fear. We wouldn't share that fear. We would think it's just a very different thing. Okay. Okay. Thank you well, very much. And no, going to another person up north. Kimberly, uh, there's Cindy from New Jersey. Cindy, how may we help you? Oh, hi. Here I am. Hi. I'm sorry. I'm eating, <laughs> there you I'm are. Eating my lunch. Um, I'm eating my lunch. So, uh, of course, I just took a bite. Um, Is it yummy? What are you eating? I love food. Please tell me about it. <laughs> it's really good. I have a little piece of swordfish and Ooh. some fresh New Jersey tomatoes. What's and a that? little side that has spinach and kale and some chickpeas and pumpkin she's cheese. She's working on her pies. She's eating healthy. Yeah, she's eating healthy. I like you, Cindy. <laughs> yeah, you're, obviously not from that. you're obviously not from the South. We don't eat like that. Everything you just said would have been fried. <laughs> Everything, including the kale. <laughs> including the kale. I, I'm really how, how may we help you? How, we, so, how can we help um, you? Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I sort of was thinking about it after I asked it, but, and, and someone else talked about emotions already. You talked with them about it, but um, I, I get, that's probably my biggest, one of my biggest problems myself is getting emotional in conversations. And I don't get angry at people. 
I get upset and I cry and lose my ability to talk, um, mm-hmm. basically. So I, I've heard you mention in many, I listen to YouTubes and I listen to all the calls. I did the 10 weeks myself and um, I listened to you talk about being a safe, being a safe place for someone to, to talk, you know, for your spouse to talk. And I'm wondering how, is it, is it a necessity to be able to talk to your spouse about um, other people that they've been with <laughs> or that they're with, or is that a necessity? Does that, does that make you a safe place? Can you be a safe space, a safe person without having to talk about that? How do people talk about that? I, I'm having trouble with that. Not that we have, we haven't, we don't talk about that. Well, it does. The short answer to the question is you do not have to talk about the other person or past partners or whatever in order to be a safe place. There's definitely a line that comes in of what you can handle and what you can't handle. And you get to determine that because if you get so overloaded that it weighs you down, weighs you down, weighs you down, you're going to break and you're not going to be that safe place anymore. So you can draw the line gently, but instead of saying you know, the way that it happens is, is really what matters here. Instead of saying, I can't handle you that you talking about that anymore. Would you please just stop? Can't you see what it's doing for me? Which is probably going to put bricks back up on the wall and get them to stop, stop sharing. It would be, I, I understand how you feel. And I appreciate that you want to share this with me. Would it be okay if that is something we didn't talk about? Because I don't think that I can handle that information or, you know, however it comes up in the conversation. At least right now. Yeah. Or yeah, at least right now, because in a year from now, it could be different. I mean, time changes things. Right. I guess, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm at the opposite end of it where, I mean, it's been a while. We've actually been separated for um, more than two years and he was, he's actually was, I I didn't know any of this. This is this was all a secret to me. But mm-hmm. you know, this it, it has been more than one person, and it has been emotional affairs, and it has been physical affairs, and it's multiple. And um, so I, at first, I really wasn't um, really able to talk about anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. And 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 he doesn't bring it up now. The only reason that I even really know that the same person is even around because he, he never does anything. He never brings her in front of any people. She's not been involved at mm-hmm. all in his life. Except well, what I'm hearing you whatever. say is that you guys are still talking with each other. Is that right? Separated two oh, years, we, but you're still talking. Yeah, we have two sons and in August, on August 5th, it would be our um, 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right. No crying. Our third, our thirtieth wedding anniversary. So um, after about a, um, about a year of being separated and um, having email co- communication and, and seeing things that seeing pe- each other at family things and like that, I realized that if I actually wanted to stay married, that I was going to have to try and um, build up some kind of relationship. And mm-hmm. he. He never 
says, don't do that to me. Don't call me. Don't text me. I, I was saying I love you a lot to him, and I said, do you not want me to do that? He says, no, don't not do that. Um, but still, he doesn't want to be with me, and um, apparently the woman is still there somewhere in the somewhere mm-hmm. somehow. And, and the only reason I know is because we did go to a coach at our church, and he told her that the woman was still around. But And I quote, but it doesn't really matter about her because even if she was dead, you know, I, I don't want to uh, – he, he said, told her that he wanted to end our marriage. Um, yeah, but he doesn't I actually understand. say the word divorce to me. It's like it's a okay. – and he doesn't so – he still wants to be married for some reason, whatever the reason might be, he still wants to be married. And are you in our 10 week online course by any chance? Yeah, I actually did it. <laughs> I, I did it weeks? already. And I continue okay. to listen and I, I wasn't, I'm in the July for pies. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, good. Well, Cindy, it kind of, it kind of boils down to this. Kimberly, what Kimberly said is absolutely right. You don't have to talk about anything that causes you pain. You do not. It's not required. And, and you don't have to ask about it either. No, you don't have to ask about it without right. a doubt. And, and only you can make a decision as to whether you keep standing or whether you decide to end it or not. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that it's in the situation that it's in. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you had not yet worked with one of our coaches, I would recommend that if, if that's something that you can do, that you might find more value there because there are a whole lot of things I'd want to ask right now, a whole lot of things I'd want to say that we certainly can't do because we've got mm-hmm. to move on here. And so yeah. if, if, um, if you haven't worked with one of our coaches, you might want to consider doing that so you can have much more depth, in-depth conversation about what we're talking about. Okay. I did call once and, and then someone called me back when I was on vacation and I okay. seem to be putting it off for some reason, but I really, I really agree with you that I need to do that. And okay, good. Um, so I'll I'll try to do, I, mm-hmm. I will you, do that again. All right. Good. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. You take care. Okay. And I hope our coach. Thank really you very much. I thank love you, everything. Oh, I've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> she loves everything we do. And let's fill in the blank. We are wonderful and okay. beautiful. <laughs> I'm a little too quick on my trigger finger here, but I want to get one more call in because this is from the South. And I love people in the North and love helping people in the North, but this is a Texan. We got to take the Texan call. All right. Fran, you're with us. How may I help you or how may we may help you today? Oh, sweet Jesus. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, My question is, I've been listening for a long time, reading uh, since really since June, been married 17 years. My husband, all of a sudden said he wanted a divorce. I'm trying to get it as quickly as I can, so I know y'all, y'all get, get going on other people. Um, we were doing really well for about four weeks and working on smart contact. I was working on pies. looked like we were doing really well this morning. I ended up pushing um, and kind of brought it out on him that he was very unattracted to me because of lack of my confidence and because of the controlling issues, and I'm dealing with the control issues and getting help for that. Um, he is involved, um, as far as I know, I don't know how to what extent with somebody, but also a lifestyle at the same time um, as far as rodeos, and he escapes every weekend and goes off <coughs> with this group of people that are in the rodeos and her, and I'm left at home. 
I try to do things on my own. But is there anything else I can do to try to repair everything that it looks like I've destroyed this morning? Um, Typically, one thing does not destroy. You know, welcome to the human race. And don't focus just on one morning or one thing. That's right. In the big scheme of things, one little thing typically doesn't matter. What would you say here, Kimberly? Well, I was going to say that. (laughs) And then you ended up taking it from me Right now your emotions are probably heightened And your nerves are heightened Because it just happened this morning You've been making some progress Um, Is he about to be going out of town again sometime soon? It'd probably either be this weekend or next weekend Um, Mm -hmm. He is His profession um, He has to be on call Um, Mm -hmm. I do know I have controlling issues And I'm trying to work on that Because this was like all of a sudden when he decided, you know, um, I want a divorce. He has filed for divorce, and he has said that, you know, just get rid of that piece of paper will help him. Mm-hmm. Well, control is one of the hardest things to change. Um, for, so for you to be working on it, to be cognizant of it, to have listened to him when he told you that and to actually be moving forward into making those changes is, is a huge positive and the perfect step in the right direction. From the other side of that, though, your consistency in changing your ways, your behaviors, the things that make him feel controlled, he's going to need to see that consistently over a period of time to know that it's real and that it's true and that things aren't just going to change again when he comes back or when the divorce papers go away or whatever, whatever that might be. It sounds like there's some kind of fear there from his side. It is. He, his mother died when he was, well, when he was five, his dad Mm -hmm. had multiple um, partners and um, with Mm -hmm. these multiple partners, his, the kids were very much neglected and also abused. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had some issues of abuse from my family as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a lot of stuff that, that has gone gone on there um, mm-hmm. for both people. Mm-hmm. We do live together still. We still live together. And, it, and, 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 and during the week, during the week, mm-hmm. we act like nothing's wrong is when we're at the house. But he goes off, does his thing. He will not do anything mm-hmm. with me, like go to a movie or go to dinner. It's, that won't happen. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure that I don't, if I need to say, do I need to address this morning with anything also? Do I not need to address it or just keep going and do the things that I was doing already? I mean, how bad was it? Um, it wasn't a knockdown, drag out, blowout. Pardon me? It it was a knockdown, drag out, blowout? No, it was not. It was not. Oh, it was not. <laughs> no. I mean... I don't know that it ever hurts to apologize, especially for pointing out exactly what you did. Um, So not knowing the situation, and I don't think it matters to know the specifics of it, but when he comes home, whenever you see him later saying, um, this morning, I should not have blank, and specifically what you did blank. I should not have uh, attacked you for that thing you said to me or for not doing what I wanted you to do or whatever it might have been. that I I knew I knew I shouldn't have done it. I know I shouldn't have done it, and I'm working hard to not do those things again in the future. Will you please forgive me? I mean, just something as simple as that. Right, and then don't elaborate. Okay. Don't yeah. be, don't beat yourself up. Right. And then when it comes to the future, you might say, "Give me a favor. Whenever I do something you perceive as controlling, mm-hmm. can you just mention to me what it is? Right. Because I'm trying to learn how to be a better person, and I'd appreciate you doing that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because right right now it's like a check in the box. It's like he's always looking, oh, yeah. check in the box. There she goes again. Check in the box. There she goes again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just so that I think Kimberly's suggestion is very good. And uh, I, I want to try to get one more call in. So thank you for calling. Right. Thank Fran. you very much. You know, thank you, Fran. I'm cutting them all off. You know, understand? I'm, I'm not meaning all of you out there. I'm not trying to be rude. It's not you. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually correct. We're a little bit over time, but I really want to get this one last question in here if we may. And Anne from Arkansas. Hi, Anne. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's so nice to actually chat with you guys. Um, thank you so much. Glad to have you on. How can we help you today? Um, okay. I hope it will make sense. Um, I kind of want to know if I'm doing the pies in the right way or possibly in the wrong way. Um, a few months ago, my spouse actually wanted to leave. He was done. He was pretty much, you know, I, he just was not even here. Um, mm-hmm. He never did actually leave. I started to work on the pies. Um, it seemed like they were going well. And then all of a sudden, I kind of noticed that um, I started to kind of do things in a way that I've never done. And then I noticed that my spouse, he kind of started to actually pull back. And so I wanted to know, am I doing the pies in the wrong way or kind of what happened there? Um, It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I don't really know if that makes any sense. It's just. Um, I, have, I have one quick question. I, when you say you started doing okay. things in a way you've never done before, what does that mean? Right. Can you give an example? Um, well, I've kind of always been somewhat of a shy person. So mm-hmm. my spouse in the past always kind of wanted me to be more of an outgoing person. Um, mm-hmm. He kind of always said things like he wanted me to be more fun. And so when we've gone out now, I've actually started to do that. Um, I've started to be more fun. Um, I've started to talk with other people. Um, you know, I've kind of done mm-hmm. things like that. But it seems like mm-hmm. the more that I'm doing that, you know, I thought maybe my spouse would actually like that. But it almost kind of seems like um, he doesn't really like it. And he's kind of starting to pull back from me. And so I just don't know if, you know, if I'm doing like a good thing or if I'm possibly making myself kind of look bad towards my spouse. Are you only doing it for him or does it feel natural, comfortable to you? Um, I won't lie. At the first, um, when I started to do it, it was mostly for him, but Mm -hmm when I started to read things and kind of go through, you know, all of what the pies really were, um, Mm -hmm. actually I started to do it for me. And the more Mm -hmm. that I've done it, I really like it just for me, you know, too. So yeah, at first it actually was just, you know, kind of just for him, but Mm -hmm. the more that I'm kind of doing it, I'm trying to do it for me. It just Mm -hmm. kind of feels like that, um, my spouse thinks I'm kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of feel he thinks I'm maybe being fake. I'm not really being right. real or I'm just doing it, just, you know, trying to keep him here. 
And I mm-hmm. just don't know what to do because he's really pulling back. He is kind of going back to where he was a few months ago. Um, mm-hmm. We don't really talk, you know, we just don't really talk kind of like a whole lot. And as far as any emotional stuff, um, it feels like it's not there. That's the one thing that we kind of have a real problem with. It just feels like it is just not there. And I just don't know how to get it back. Well, that's a little bit separate than the first question. It is separate than the first question. <laughs> oh, but here's what I recommend. And we're, we're, we're way over time, so I have to make this kind of fast. And I'll say something that Kimberly can. If, if May I suggest that you do this? I, you know, I've, since I'm becoming more outgoing, it seems that somehow that's affecting you in a, in a negative way. Can you help me understand why? Because I don't want to do anything that, that's hurtful to you in mm-hmm. any shape, fashion, or form. If you can have those kind of conversations where you can say, tell me how you feel about that. Let me understand. You may find that he'll say, yeah, I think it's fake. But I'm guessing, and of course, all I can do is guess, but it's going to be more of, wait a minute, uh, I had this dream that she'd be more outgoing, but now that she is, I'm kind of intimidated by it. I'm afraid that maybe she's attracting too much attention from other people, that maybe she might not want me or need me anymore. You understand there can be a whole lot of different motivations. So rather than guessing why he might be pulling back, the best thing to do is to ask him. But if you ask her directly, like, why are you pulling back? Mm -hmm. You probably won't get the right answer. And so what you do instead is you say, help me understand how what I'm doing affects you. And then uh, do it in in a very gentle, calm, non-pressuring kind of way to find out what he really is thinking or what he really is feeling. And then you know what to do okay. next. Okay. Okay. And, okay. and my, my encouragement to you would be to remember that you do the pies for you first. So if you're, and that's why I asked you at the beginning, are you doing this because of him and it's something you wanted to you to do, or does it feel comfortable to you? And it's not, and let me just, as a foundational principle here, I don't think it's bad to start doing something because it's something you know your spouse likes or wants you to do, like wearing your hair a certain way or being more outgoing. I think if we are in a a good relationship, those are things we do. And, but if it, but you don't want to do it in, in, you don't want to do it and then resent that you're doing it because you feel like you have to do it in order to be accepted by your spouse. That's a little side note, but just remember that, you do the pies first for you. And if you like how you feel, if you like the things that you're doing and they are, you know, legal and ethical and, and make you feel good about yourself, then don't worry about it backfiring because you're, you're finding your true self, your true identity, being the best you, you can be. And that's the point of the pies. You make sure the first reason you do it is for you. The byproduct is that it attracts your spouse back to you. Right. But if it's having a negative effect on your spouse, then asking why, trying to understand that makes all the sense in the world. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Hope this helps. Unfortunately, we're way over time. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. Notice I did not hang up on her. See there, I'm getting better at this. <laughs> we have a lot of different videos on youtube.com slash marriage helper. Mm-hmm. And you can always call in this program on Mondays and talk to us there. Uh, what else, Kimberly, do we need to say before we go today?
or visit our website at marriagehelper.com. We have our producer telling us the things that we need to do. You can always give us a call at 866-903-0990 throughout the week. And that's where you can call and find out more about the products, the resources. We talked a lot about everything we do today, our workshops, our online courses, the coaching that we have. Those are all opportunities that we have to serve and to help you even more. So please call us. We have a team here. We, I mean, we have people who are, their job is to talk to you and get you plugged in with what we can do for you and for your marriage here at Marriage Helper. But until next week, have a great week. Work on your pies. And we'll be here. As we say in the South, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Thank you. (laughs) 